0: Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned in to our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. So today, guys, we are closing out a series that we started uh, in this month of November called Legacy. And even though we're closing out this teaching series, we're not closing out the legacy season because that legacy season here at NUMA, actually it's November and December and it's, uh, it encompasses those two months. And I want to encourage you, all right, December 17th, all right, which December 17th is not too far away. is only a couple of weeks away, all right. But December 17th, You guys are all invited. We're going to have our last missions outing of this year, and we're going to be doing a toy drive, all right, to some very, very poor families that live in the Homestead area, all right. They're migrant workers, and uh, there's children that we're picking up toys for that we're going to go and give it to them. And we were there now for Thanksgiving just a couple of weeks ago and visiting some of the apartments. Some of those apartments had six kids, five kids. And uh, I told them, you know, together with my wife, I'm like, guys, get ready. You guys are going to get Christmas presents. We're going to bring you guys some toys. We're going to bring you some things. So guys, as of today, okay, you guys are more than welcome to bring uh, toys on Sunday during the week we have our school hours our offices are open literally from six a m to about five pm You could drop off toys and we're going to go ahead and wrap that up and we're going to take it to these children on the seventeenth of December and I want to encourage you if you guys want to come out to that outing that's a Saturday morning we're going to be meeting here at eight forty five and then heading out to homestead man it's a blessing to be able to give to somebody when they're in need, and there's no better gift, I believe, that when you give to a child. Something just happens, man, when you give a gift to a little one, and you just see their face just brighten up, you know, and get that paper and just tear it up all over the place. I wasn't like that, you know, I would like break the paper little by little because I didn't want to mess it up, but Oscar's like, Oscar, you know what I'm talking about, right, Oscar's like, yeah, I'm like that too. I could probably have saved my Christmas papers from back when I was a kid, but I know kids that just rap. It's amazing when we get to do this. So I want to encourage you, church. All right. And even you could come out with your family. I've been doing this with my kids since my kids were little because I've always wanted them to see, okay, what a blessing it is to be able to bless the life. Of others all right so that's December 17th and uh, we have our Christmas at Numa play all right and that's going to be coming up on December 21st all right December 21st we're going to have our Christmas at Numa play that's what we call okay December Christmas at Numa, and the play is called The Gift, all right? The Gift, it's amazing what they're preparing. It's together with our school, so our students are gonna be participating in the play. It's gonna be real nice. We're gonna be having two shows, all right? We're gonna have a six o'clock showing, and we're gonna have an eight o'clock showing. So next Sunday, all right, next Sunday, there's gonna be a QR code that we're releasing, and we need you to sign up for which one of the two shows you're coming. Not that we're going to charge, all right? It's completely free. But the moment that we have this room filled for one of the shows, you automatically already got to sign up for the next one, all right? And in the school, because of the parents and the children, and you know how it is, they'll bring the grandfather, and they'll bring the aunt, and all this. And part of the reason that we're doing this Christmas at Numa is to be able to reach other people that might not come to church for a regular service, but they'll come out for a Christmas plate. All right, so get the word out, invite somebody, and next week we're going to have that QR code for you guys for you guys to be able to sign up, all right? And I want to remind you also the legacy offering that we did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, If you still haven't given that legacy offering, you've still been praying about it, you can still go ahead and do that today as well. I'm excited about today's teaching because today's teaching, as we close, like I said, this legacy series... We've been speaking about giving. We've been speaking about generosity. We've been speaking about money, all right? And I think that as a pastor, it's important to speak to you guys about this thing because let me tell you something, money is a part of life. You can't do life without money. You need money. Actually, as a pastor, as I have counseled couples along the years, you know that finances is the number one reason why people get divorced, you know that? The way that we handle our money or the way that people, uh, deal, you know, with, with their debts and all the different things. So today I have a message for you that I really believe is coming from the Lord's heart. And I've titled it Money Tips from the Wise. Money Tips from the Wise. We're going to get a couple of tips from whom the Bible calls the wisest person that ever walked on this earth except the Lord Jesus, all right? And who's that person? King Solomon, all right? King Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, and he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And when you dive in to some of the stuff that he wrote and some of the things that he said, it's so powerful. When I hear the term beyond blessed, you know who comes to my mind immediately? Solomon. Solomon just comes to my mind, because talk about being beyond blessed. This guy had so many things, you know, and, and God set him up for so much success. So you might be here today and you're like, Salah who? You know, Salmon? No, not Solomon. You might be hungry and lunches later during the day. All right. King Solomon. Who was King Solomon? King Solomon was a son of King David. All right. And actually... Solomon was the child, all right, of an affair that David had with a lady named Bathsheba, all right? And they lost their first child, and then the second child was Solomon. And the Bible says that Solomon was loved by God. And when Solomon was about to become king, actually he was already king, he goes ahead and he does this amazing offering in front of, you know, the altar of God, And that night he has a dream. And when he has that dream, he sees God tell him, ask me for whatever you want. You imagine God giving you a blank check like that? I don't know what you would do if you would hear the Lord tell you, ask me for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Solomon could have asked for anything. And you know what he asked for? He asked for wisdom to be able to lead the people that God was putting him as king. And the Bible says that that pleased God so much that God said, because you asked me for this, I'm gonna do everything else for you that you didn't ask for. So when it's talking about Solomon, in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 23 to 25, it says some very interesting things about him. Let's go into that. 1 Kings 10, 23 to 25, today's topic, once again, money tips from the wise. So King Solomon became richer. Say with me, richer. Not richer, that's my brother-in-law, okay? He became richer. Say with me, richer. Okay, he became richer and he became wiser than any other king on earth. People from every nation came to consult him and hear the wisdom God had given him. Year after year, everyone who visited him brought gifts of silver and gold, clothing, weapon, spices, horses, and meals. So not only was he rich, but the people that would come to him would also add on to everything that he already had. They would bring all these things to him, all right? Now, there's something very interesting that the Bible says about Solomon that it doesn't say about any of the other kings that came before him or came after him. And there's where I want us to look is in 1 Kings 4, verse 25. It says, During the lifetime of Solomon... All of Judah and Israel lived in peace and safety. Very important. During his time, everybody lived in peace and safety. And from Dan to the north of Beersheba, that was their whole territory in the south, each family had its own home and had its own garden. Crazy. The Bible says, okay, and the Bible is God's word, all right, I'm not making this up. This is God's word, which is infallible. It said that during King Solomon's time, okay, everybody had their own home and had their own garden. What does it mean that they had their own garden? Every house had a backyard for the kids to play in it. That's pretty much what it means. You imagine a country where everybody in that country would be the owners of their own home? How many people here today own a house? Raise your hand, own a house. Okay, what I mean by owning a house means that you have no mortgage payment on it. It does not belong to the bank, it belongs to you. How many of you guys have a house that only belongs to you? Okay, look at this. This is a blessing. This is a blessing. God has surely blessed you guys. All right the rest of us that we raised our hand we want to get to where they're at right now all right cuz we still don't own it it's still owned by Wells Fargo or whoever else you have your mortgage with during king solomon's time everybody had their own house so when you look into this you know I'm like okay how was this possible Well, it had to do with a couple of things. Number one, it has to definitely do with the policies that he had as king for his nation and the way that all that was wrong. Number two, the Bible says that it was peace on every side. There were no wars. And when there's no wars, the economy of a nation, what's going to happen to that economy? That economy is going to rise because they're not spending in war. The whole kingdom of Solomon was a kingdom of what? was a kingdom of peace. But the third one, which I think is what we're going to look into today and we're diving into, is what he taught his people about how to handle money, how to handle wealth. The Bible talks about all the proverbs that Solomon spoke and wrote. Don't you think that that was passed on from voice to voice and mouth to mouth? The wisdom that he had given to the people. But that was whose wisdom? That was God's wisdom. All right, so today, as we're here and we're looking I don't know what your financial situation is, but guys, be wise. Okay, Black Friday just passed. All right, and he's like, oh, we got this deal, we got that deal. I had people talking in. PC, you got to check out these Jordans. They're on sale for this and that, and some other. PC, look at these games that are coming out. I'm like, yo, 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 <laughs> relax, bro. I'm going to go crazy. And a lot of people, all of a sudden, will start buying gifts for this person and gifts for that person, and this for that, and this for that, and guess what's gonna happen? The holidays are gonna finish, and January is gonna roll on, and then you're gonna get a statement, all right? And you're gonna get a statement from all Visa and MasterCard and American Express, and you're like, when did I spend this? And you forgot about Black Friday, and you forgot about what you got for everybody. So money tips from the wise, the wisest man, speaking about money and how to handle it. Number one, I want you guys to write this down. Having money and being rich are two different things. Having money and being rich are two different things. Proverbs 20, I'm sorry, Proverbs 10, verse 22. Proverbs 10, verse 22. Guys, let this sink into your heart. This is one of my life verses that I'm going to give you right here. And I'm going to tell you why in a second. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. I'm going to read it again. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. This is very deep, what we're reading here. When God blesses you, it makes you rich and there's no sorrow that comes with it. How many of us know people that have a lot of money but also have a lot of sorrow at the same time? Anybody knows people like that? We all know people that their bank account might be three, four, five, ten 10 times what your bank account is, but they're also dealing with depression Anxiety, divorce, their kids don't want to talk to them. They might have some sickness in their body. And they have all this money or wealth or richness, but they can't enjoy it. Have you seen people like that? I remember a couple of years ago, we did one of these missions outings. By the way, we always do the first Saturday of the month, you know, we call it, you know, we go out on missions. They call it first serve, you know, of the month. And we went to one of the elderly homes right here down Kendall Drive all the way like by 167th or so. A Beautiful place there for elderly people. And we were there talking to the people and, you know, we played music for them and did all these things. And there was a lady that was there. And one of our girls, you know, sat down next to that lady and started talking to her and she was... She was probably in her 80s already. And you could tell by the way that she was dressed, you know, that this lady was well off. And this lady starts to tell one of our girls that is there saying, Oh, I'm alone in this country and I don't have no family here. All my family is back in Colombia. And I have all this wealth that I inherited from generation and is still mine. And she goes, I would trade all this money that I have for somebody that would just come and spend time with me. It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Because here you have a person that might have what you and I might want, and they would trade it for a second for maybe what you and I have every day and don't take advantage of. I remember this other lady from our church that worked for a very wealthy lady that lived out in Gables-by-the-Sea. Very nice community here in Miami-Dade County. This lady was a widow of a gentleman that had been a doctor completely well-off. Three daughters, none of them talked to the mom. Because of the way that the mom was, she was so rigid and so dry, and so about her stuff and her business, that her family wanted nothing to do with her. For Christmas and for Thanksgiving, she didn't want to go to no celebration. She wanted to be by herself in her house. Since her husband died, she wanted to do nothing with people. Beautiful property, beautiful house. And you would probably say, oh, that person's rich. Well, not according to what King Solomon says. That person has money but they're not rich. The principle here, and that I want you guys to learn, is that when God blesses you, there's no sorrow that is attached to it. When God's blessing is upon your life, when God makes you rich, and now I'm not only going to talk about money, I'm going to talk about rich in your soul. I'm going to talk about your life. When God makes you rich, his blessing is upon you. He doesn't add sorrow. You know that that's the way that I made decisions a lot of times in my life. When something was in front of me, when I had to make a decision about a purchase, I'm going to purchase a car. I'm going to get in a relationship with my wife. Actually, I applied this when I was going to get in a relationship with Gabby. Because this has been a life verse for me. I would ask the Lord, Lord, is this your blessing or not? How do I know, Lord, if this is your blessing? Does it make me rich? Does this relationship enrich me? Does buying this card enrich me? Or does it add sorrow? Because if it adds sorrow, it's not your blessing. If sorrow is attached to this, this doesn't come from you because your blessing makes me rich, and it has no sorrow. So a little tip for those that are going to get married, those that might be in a relationship with somebody, what does this relationship do to me? Does it bless me? Does it enrich in me? Or man, it's a hassle to be with this person because if it's a hassle and it's a headache and it's a problem, let me tell you, it's not the blessing of the Lord, as simple as that. Some of you guys are like, some of the older people, I see your faces and like, man, I wish I would have known that 30 years ago. <laughs> the young people are like looking at me like, come on, pastor, like, let's get to the next point. And some of the older people are like, man, what didn't I know that? Hey, we're talking about the wise. And I declare that as you hear wisdom from God, you become wise. Amen? You guys come here to become enriched in your soul and your spirit and learn. Okay, okay. Now I know. And Martha says something here at the beginning of worship, and I want to remind you. And if you walked in afterwards, all right, I want to encourage you guys. Try to always make it on time for worship on Sundays. I know some people that come and tell me, pastor, is that I love the word, so I come after the worship. No, <laughs> come during the worship time. You never know what God does in the middle of a song when his spirit is moving, he's touching people. But Marta said something up here that, 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 really, that really blessed me. When she was leading today and, and she talked about, you know, some of the circumstances and situations that we go through, how God wants to use all that all right, to add to us value and to add to us in our walk with him. We don't live things just to live them. And she said something, and it was this. God will always let you start again. If you cook your turkey, man, and you add too much stuff to it, you can't go back. You go, oh, man, I'm going to take it. Have you ever put too much salt on something? And then you're like cleaning the salt up. And like, ah, se me fue la man, when I put too much. But once you start cooking it, you can't do anything about it. But that's not how our life is. God will give us a second opportunity. God will give us a second chance. So if you didn't know these tips, well, I'm giving them to you now. So you start applying it. All right. So how many of you guys want to be rich God's way? I want to be rich God's way. It's going to be a blessing, man. All right. The second point that we learned from King Solomon, greed will kill you but generosity will make you prosper. Greed will kill you, but generosity will make you prosper. Proverbs 1, verse 18 through 19. Proverbs 1, 18 through 19. Thank you, Jesus. Look what it says. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get themselves killed. Who is setting an ambush for themselves and who is trying to get themselves killed? Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money, it robs them of life. <laughs> Those that are greedy, according to King Solomon, you're trying to kill yourself. You're trying to end your life. You're setting yourself an ambush. It's not going to go well for you. Have you ever seen somebody that is greedy for money? Their whole mind revolves around what they have and what they've gained and what they're doing. And, and, and I've had some people, I know people, that all of a sudden they, 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 they can't live the way that you and I live They can't go to the places you and I go to because they have wealth and who might come and what might happen. And all of a sudden, you know, their house is full of alarm systems. We were in a place one day, my wife and I, that the gentleman, the owner of the house was so wealthy, but he was so afraid for his life because he lived in another country that he had security with him 24-7. He couldn't go somewhere without somebody going before and vetting the place and knowing that it was okay for him to get there. And I was like, I wouldn't be able to live like that. Bro, if I have to go to McDonald's, I don't want to send Mike, you know, 10 minutes before bro, go check that everything's cool so that I can go and get myself a burger. You imagine how crazy that is. And he had a button in his master bedroom that if they would invade his house, he would press that button and that master bedroom would shut down completely like if it was a fort. I was like, that's too much stress for me, bro. (laughs) I'm telling you and I'm feeling stressed out already. man. Oh, he had beautiful cars. He had his own plane. He has all these things, but I'm like, I don't know if I want that and This. I'm not saying that person was greedy. But the Bible does talk about those that are greedy. All right. And it says that when you're greedy, you lose your life. You lose sleep. You got to be thinking all the time about all all these things. It actually robs you. You're worried about people coming to rob you, but you don't understand that your greed is robbing you. It's not who's going to come to rob you. It's your own greed that is robbing you of life. It's robbing you of life. It's robbing you of life. And that's why you need freedom. You see, Jesus encountered a gentleman. The Bible calls him the rich, young ruler. He was rich. He was young. He was immature. He was inexperienced. And he was a ruler. And he comes to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? I've done all these things. I've honored my father and mother. I do this, I do that. And Jesus says, (laughs) amazing. (laughs) And you know how God is that he always knows exactly where to pick? And he goes, oh, but you're missing one thing. You imagine to tell some person like that, that they're missing one thing? He drove them crazy. Oh, you're missing one thing. The guy's like, what, 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 what What am I missing? Go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor and then come and follow me. You imagine the guy's like. (laughs) What was Jesus trying to do? Was Jesus trying to get his money? Jesus didn't care about the guy's money. Jesus was trying to free him from the condition of his heart and the greed that he had. Go and sell everything you have and then come and follow me. And he tells them, and you will have true riches. In other words, you think you have some riches. You're going to have some true riches the moment that you become free from all of this. And by the way, the scripture reference for that was Mark 10, 21, and 22. For those that are taking notes, like, Pastor, where is that? Mark 10, 21, and 22. So what does Solomon say about those that are not greedy? We just discussed the greedy, but what does he say about those that are generous? Well, Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, once again, money tips from the wise, from King Solomon. He says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be Refresh. The Bible says that when you're generous with what you have, you know what the Bible says? That you become even more blessed. And that the one that refreshes, the one that helps another person, the one that gives to another, there's going to come a time that you're going to receive back what you're giving. That's the way to go according to the wisest man. The Bible talks about a moment that a a lady called the Queen of Sheba came to visit King Solomon. And she comes to King Solomon with a whole entourage of people and carriages with gold and animals and silver and all these things. And she presents all these to King Solomon. And the Bible says that she asked him all these questions that she had and all this. And when she finished her time with him, The Bible says that King Solomon gave her back twice as much as everything that she had brought to him. What am I trying to tell you? You and I cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. If you and I think that we're bringing something that is great to him, you know what God's going to do? Thank you. Now I'm going to give even more to you because I could trust you with this. Now, how can you prosper? How can you prosper financially? How can you prosper when you give what you have? That's a good question. Because if I have something and I give it away, well, apparently I don't have it anymore. Not true. You might not have it at your hand at that moment, but you just practice an amazing spiritual principle. And that's my third point this morning from the wise, from King Solomon. When you give, you activate the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. When you give, you activate the spiritual law of sowing and reaping. You see, in the kingdom of God, things are a little different than in the kingdom of man. In the kingdom of God, up is not up, up is down. (laughs) Whoever wants to be the greatest shall be what, Oscar? The servant of all. It's like, that's a little different. In the kingdom of God, if somebody hurts you and wounds you, you don't hold a grudge and you don't go and take revenge. What you do, you go and you forgive that person. It's completely opposite. In the kingdom of God, if you want to have, you know what you need to do? You need to give. It's completely diametrically opposite of the way that we do things in the kingdom of men. Proverbs 3 Proverbs 3, King Solomon speaks about this. Verse 9 and 10. It says, glorifying God, glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your first fruits and every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessing, from an uncontainable source of inner joy. That's the passion translation, by the way. I love the way that it translates this. Honor God with your wealth. And it says here that every dimension of your life will overflow with blessing. People don't think about this. But I want you to think like the wise do. By the way, I'm not trying to tell you this today because I'm trying to get your money. (laughs) I want you to get that off your head. I want you to be blessed, like the Bible says, as children, as sons and daughters of God. And we don't think about this, but let me tell you something. God is the best pay. And the kingdom of heaven has the best returns. It's not Wall Street. Amen. Oh, Amen. It's not Wall Street. It's the kingdom of God. When you honor God with your money, when you honor God with your giving, and in a special way, King Solomon talks about here, the first fruits. It activates a powerful spiritual law. And I see a lot of young people that are here in this room this morning. I want to teach you this even at this young age. Learn this at a young age. Your first fruits is what? Is your tithe. It's the first portion of your income, the first part of your increase. When you give God your first portion, you know what God does? He blesses the rest. We live like that. And I want to tell you something for me, 10% is just the benchmark for me. 10% is the floors, not the roof. Some people are, Pastor, how much is that I have to give 10%? Well, if you really look at the Jewish law, it wasn't really 10%. It was actually like 23% with all the other different things that God required of them, including the three feasts a year that they had to go to Jerusalem. So we're not going to get into what was this and what was that. But what I'm trying to tell you, All right, is that the more that you give to God, the more that He won't trust you? Be wise, church. And this is how I want to challenge you to live in 2023. You ready? Give your first 10% to God, your next 10% to savings, and then live off the next 80%. There's another thing that we don't think about, especially my Latin people, we don't think about savings. We don't think about retirement. We don't think about none of these things. And let me tell you something, it comes quick. I want you to give your first 10 to God, your next 10, give it to yourself, save, and then live off 80%. And you might be here and say, Pastor, if I live off 80%, I can't make it. Well, you're living over budget then. You need to make adjustments in your budget. Because if you need 110% of your income to live, 110 is more than what you make. (laughs) You're killing yourself. The other day, a person that came here to church, if you're here, I'm sorry. (laughs) But a person came and told me the other day, pastor, I haven't been coming because I'm working 70 hours a week. Like 70 hours. Like that's insane. Is that i'm trying to cover some depth that i have and this is just for a season i'm like you're gonna have a heart attack (laughs) you continue like that 70 hours is crazy so we need to make adjustments what are we learning today money tips from who from the wise why so that we can live okay according to what god says in his word and paul speaks about this And as I close, I want us to read 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 9. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 9. What is the spiritual law of sowing and reaping? Well, I'm going to explain it to you. Paul says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. This is not rocket science, guys. (laughs) This is not Einstein numbers here. All right. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get what? A generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You just see this so clearly. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. So Paul uses a very simple analogy. What's the analogy? You have seed in your hand and you're a farmer. You want to have a big crop, what do you do? You plant a lot of seeds. Because you want to have what? A big crop. If you want to have a little crop, what do you do? Plant little seed. And then you'll have a small crop. It says you got to decide in your heart what kind of crop you want to have. That's what he's saying here. All right? And the same applies to what? The same applies to money. You got to decide in your heart how much it is that you're going to give, how much seed you're going to sow. And when you sow, okay, in a big way, then you're going to reap in a big way. And I love the end of verse eight and nine. The end of verse eight and nine, it says, and God will generously provide all you need. You know what this is in our translation? If you take care of God's needs, he will take care of your needs. If you take care of what's important in God's heart, he will take care of what's important in your heart. So another kingdom principle that I live by, Lord, what's in your heart? Because I want to satisfy the desires of your heart. And as I do that, then, Lord, you're going to take care of the things that are important for me. That's the way to live. You walk free. You walk in freedom. Can I say something before we close? I'm already talking, so I'm going to say it anyways. You know that God takes pleasure when you prosper? And I'm not preaching uh, prosperity gospel. I'm preaching the heart of God. God takes pleasure when you prosper. There's this concept in the body of Christ that the broker and the more miserable that you are, the holier you are. I don't know where that comes from. Because I'm gonna tell you something. Look over here, please. Poverty and misery came into the world as a result of sin when man sinned. That's when it entered the world. You know how God created everything at the beginning? Plentiful. You know who's the richest person that ever walked on earth? It wasn't Solomon. You know who it was? Adam. Because it was just him and his wife and they had the whole earth for themselves. (laughs) And then sin entered and brokenness entered and poverty entered and sickness entered. So what am I trying to tell you? That God's plan is not what a lot of us have thought that is the way to be holy. And I'm gonna prove it to you from the scripture, Psalm 35 verse 27. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. This is the Lord speaking. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. What does the Bible say here? It says that God takes pleasure in what church? In the prosperity of his servant God delights as you prosper he takes pleasure as you prosper you know that in Hebrew the word prosper literally means to push forward that's the word for Hebrew for prosper to push forward it means you're advancing in life you're pushing forward you're moving along and the last sentence of verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 9 then you'll have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. God gives you not only for yourself, but to be able to do what? To share with others. And then he closes by saying, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered for ever. When you give, your generosity according to this will be remembered forever. What's the name of this series? Legacy. What am I talking to you about? A legacy that will outlive you, that will outlive me, okay? So today I want to challenge you with this as you go. And this is my challenge to you. Don't just want wealth, but want to make a difference in this world. Don't just want wealth. Say, Lord, I want to make a difference in this world. I have people that are very generous that are sitting in front of me today. I can start talking about some of the generous acts of some of the people that are sitting in front of me today. Some of you guys in private, I pulled you aside and told you how proud I am of you because of generous acts that you've done. And I want to clear up something. Some of the generous acts have not even been towards the church, but have been outside the church. But I've still been proud. Why? Because when you are generous, what do you do? You manifest the heart of God. And this morning, who did I say is the most generous person that I know? God. We're talking about sowing and reaping. I wanna share this principle as I close. God sowed his one and only son, Jesus Christ, when we were all away from him because of sin. And what did he reap back? What did he reap back? He reaped what? Sons and daughters. God sowed his son, his most precious seed, and he reaped back a family, sons and daughters. So today, as you're there sitting, I wanna ask you a question. Do you wanna be more like God in this Christmas season. If you wanna be more like God, you tell the Lord, Lord, make me generous like you are generous. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at for a second. And with your eyes closed and head bowed. I named this teaching Money Tips from the Wise, but you can really apply it to anything. Because it's wisdom that comes from God for our lives now today you can make a very wise choice in your life actually the most important choice and the wisest choice that you could ever make in your life has to do with who with Jesus Christ the son of God Jesus Christ lived the perfect life that you and I couldn't live and he died on a cross to pay for your sins your sin and my sins And the Bible says that all those that receive him as Lord and Savior, all those that become followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, he gives the right to be called sons and daughters of God. It's a free gift that God gives us. So once again, God sowed his best in order to have your heart and to have my heart. And today I want to ask you, If you've never given your heart to Jesus, how about you consider doing that this morning? How about this morning you say, God, I wanna give you my heart. I wanna thank you for everything you've done for me. I wanna thank you for sending your son, Jesus. I wanna thank you for rescuing me when I was lost in my sin. I had nothing to offer you, but you gave me your best. And today, Lord, I wanna give my best to you. I give you my heart. And that that is you right there where you're seated i want to lead you in a prayer and i want you to pray with me this prayer as you come to jesus and get forgiveness from your sins if that's you you're going to pray with me lord jesus today i invite you into my life and i receive you as my lord and my savior i thank you for dying for my sins I thank you for giving me the gift of eternal life, which is a relationship with my heavenly Father. Father, today I run into your arms and I ask you that you would take me as a son or as a daughter. Remove all the shame. Remove all the hurt. Remove all the pain that I might have inside of me and make me new, make me new today. Just keep your head bowed right there, your eyes closed. Let's take a moment in this worship. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus for what you're doing right now, Lord. Make us more like you, Lord. Make us more like you, for your word this morning. I thank you, my God, for what you're doing in each of our hearts. And I pray, Lord God, that as we continue to walk our days on this earth, Lord, give us the wisdom that we need to represent you correctly in everything that you've called us to do. Give us the wisdom that we need in order to handle money, in order to handle finances, in order to be wise with those things that you give us so that we could be a blessing, Lord God. And that even when we're not here anymore, Lord, that we can leave a godly legacy for you on this earth, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us this opportunity. We worship you, Lord, we honor you. We honor you today. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And God's people say, amen. And amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.